0: My next guest, Scott, before I bring him on, Bywater, was nice enough to get up very early so he could be on our show. He lives in Australia. And you know how much I love Australia. I might be biased, but everybody I meet from Australia, is just so nice. So I can't wait. Just a little bit about Scott. Scott is, we've never had this on before, is one of the most sought after marketing copywriters in Australia, who runs what many regard as the highest level private marketing group in Australia elite marketeers. He is the creator of the online simple e, you have to go over this with the email ROI system course for over the past 21 years. All right, we'll get into that. But let's start with one word. One word that best describes Your past thirty days and why you picked that word?
1: Oh, that's that's a question I haven't been haven't been asked uh, asked before, but I I think it's I think the one word is probably mastering discipline. Right. So one of the things that I've I've really been thinking about the last thirty days is that life is one in sort of five seconds, three to five second increments. And what I mean by that is that when you when you wake up, like your, your whole your whole day is defined or your, your morning is defined by whether you wake up when the alarm clock goes up. So for me, there's three things that happen in the morning which allow me to win the day. One is when I wake up in those three to five seconds. The next one is when I, I have a even even though it's the middle of the winter now, I have a cold shower not fully cold shower i start with hot and then i go with cold but when i flick the switch on that shower to cold i win that's that's the second time that i see myself as winning the day and um, because there's all these health benefits of cold showers and then the third thing i do is when i walk down into my gym and do my first uh first squat um, to to kick off the day, so so there's three things, and and I know if I do that first part of it, if I flick the shower, if I get out of bed, if I yeah, you know, if I do that first squat, I never do the first squat and don't do the don't do the whole workout. I never flick the shower for one to two minutes and don't do it. I never get out of bed and don't do everything else. That's in you know, don't you know, brush my teeth, take my vitamins, do all that sort of thing. So. There's little, yeah. And it's like after dinner, right? Leave the kitchen. So you don't get any food that only takes three to five seconds to actually walk away from the kitchen and go and do something else. But it makes a whole, it makes a massive impact on your life. If you, if you master those three to five second increments.
0: Scott, I never thought of it that way. And I, by the way, I didn't even know he was going to touch on that because the subject matter is so different for me. But
1: (laughs) behind
0: me, all the books and journals I write is train your head, your body will follow. It's all about the one to three minutes in your morning routine. (laughs) Not prompt Scott to say that at all. I didn't even know that was coming out of his mouth. All right, so I might have to change my theme because my big thing in the morning before my feet hit the ground... I think of one word of how I want to show up for the day. So I take a deep breath in and I pick love, joy, peace, power, whatever. And then my feet hit the ground. And then downstairs, write my word, journal, blah, blah, blah. Work out. I didn't prompt him for that either. But, you know, the Tony Robbins cold shower thing. Yeah, I can't get there. I I just can't get there. I do wash my face with cold water. Does that count? (laughs) Okay. okay. But uh, they're going to be curious now, and I, and I get you're right. Three to five seconds, it's a thing. Three to five seconds in the shower, the squat. How long is your full workout?
1: I say my workouts don't don't go for a long time. Like I will do, uh, like when I exercise, it's probably only fifteen minutes. Okay. But it's it's quite intense. So I will go to the gym often of with my son uh in the evening as well um but I like to do that in the morning uh providing I don't have you know like as long as I've got a 90 minute set in the morning because I will tend to wake up you know have a cup of tea and work for about 90 minutes and then go into you know shower a little bit different this morning because I'm up at six but then I'll go into the shower the workout but the workout's only like 15 minutes but it's in it's intense it's based on Sort of Matt Fury's, um, I think he calls it the royal court or something, and it's much harder than going to the gym, and it's all it's all body work um, exercises.
0: All right, so back up there, you work for ninety minutes first, and then you get in the shower.
1: Yes, yes, and
0: then you work out after your shower. I just want to make sure. Is that yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'll get up. I will work for ninety minutes. like I'll initially have like a cup of tea and I'd I'd you know um take this stuff called smurty and and I do that. and then after I've had the cup after I've done that and done some affirmations, I'll work for 90 minutes and then I have a 90 minutes um where I will then and that was based on, I changed my routine after Craig Ballantyne. Um, so he, he's he got like the perfect morning routine program or something like that, which was quite good. Uh, and that was like work straight away. And I find that works for me mm-hmm. because it's like you're very, very clear in the morning. And then I'll go into the, yeah, my routine after that and then recap. So I'll, I'll, I tend to do that from about, Work from about 6 to 7.30, 7.30 till 9, do the routine. And then 9 o'clock, start the day. Yeah, start the day again, round two.
0: I like that. You know, I was pulling people from around the country. You know, I don't like to say, what's your biggest problem? You know how when you speak on subjects, you have to solve a problem and you're the solution. I go, let's not think of the problems. Tell me what you want. You know, I'm all about let's get you what you want. And the top three things for executives were, number one, I want to have more energy to do what I want to do. Number two, I want to be able to focus more on what I want to do. And number three is get out of that negative chatter quick, you know, quicker so they can stay more in the positive. And I believe it doesn't have to be your routine, but it really matters that you have that routine and it just builds up over time. So like, this is just what you do. It's hard to break you from that, right? I mean, you get up, you do the 90 minutes, then you go to that, and you go to this, and then you go to that. And it keeps you in high energy and focused into a positive headset. For me, I have an accountability call with a bunch of mastermind people at nine 30 in the morning, after they've worked out, after they've done some work and we do it Monday through Friday and it keeps our head in the game, you know? So it's just whatever works for you. And I do, my brain does wake up at 10 o'clock and go, okay, let's create, let's create. So I am more of a night person. Like, you know, I, might, that's just when I fall. So from 10 to midnight, I'm on, you know what I mean? Like I'm ready to go, but you got to find what works for you. And your system, and so I like that you broke it down into ninety-minute increments because after that you're done. You got to get up and do something, move around, or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I don't do that deliberately. Oh. Like in that, I just find that yeah, six to seven thirty is like a good chunk in the morning where you get your most important stuff done, and nobody sort of can wow. do, do anything bother you, all of that sort of thing, and then. Yeah. And then you have the, and I think it's a nice, it is always better to, to break it up where you have your focus time, then you have a break. Yeah. And then you have, and then you go back into focus time. Uh, just for the, yeah, for the mind, it makes, it makes sense.
0: I call it in the morning and I like peas, but I call it, I eat my peas. So my least favorite things I do first thing in the morning. Now you could join me. There's something I do every hour, not every 90 minutes. I get up and I do a dance routine. So it gets, you can join me in that, Scott. When it resets my brain, and the, or I hug a tree, but every hour I make sure I have that five minutes in there that I can do that, and then I reset. But I can't sit long. All right, so Scott, this is my sticky wick in your subject. Oh, my gosh. If you could help me with this, I would love it because the people out there know put me on a stage. I'll talk to, you know, I'll go for it. I've got my skill down, but the behind the scenes, the AI technology helping me out, the email list, it just seems overwhelming. And to you, this is like piece of cake. You'll get this done. No big deal, right? Once you got your system, it's easy. Is it, do you think you could teach anyone, even me who bucks Not that I'm not good with technology, but it just seems so foreign to me. Like, why do I have to do this?
1: Yeah, it's all very new, too, right? So a lot of the stuff I'm doing now with AI, I wasn't doing six months ago. Uh, So I I think ChatGPT came out. What are we now like July? Did it come out January, February? So it's like only in the last six months has it really hit the hit the so stream I'm not with behind. the AI. I'm
0: not behind then. Okay.
1: Then. No, not, well, six months in AI land is a long time. That's the only thing <laughs> you
0: know, so, I say. I've been using it a little, a little.
1: <laughs> so 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 the the because I was playing around with Jasper last year. Which yeah. was, um, but then, and I actually created a whole program, and Jasper was part of that. And then I'm, I'm changing the whole program now because ChatGPT is just so incredible uh, in terms of what it can do. So let's say if you do a speech, right, you can transcribe that. You can transcribe that speech. Uh, you could even upload it via a PDF called Ask Your PDF if you. I'll go a little bit technical here, but if you're using ChatGPT4, you could upload that um, via a plugin called Ask Your PDF. I'm pretty sure you need ChatGPT4 to do that. And then from there, you can start to feed it questions about your speech or get it to cut up, uh, you know, cut up, artic- up you know, cut up articles for you or emails for you. So the one thing that I tend to do when I work with a client is I will work out, for example, I've, I've recently taken on a client and the first step we did, we did buy persona interviews, which is quite deep where we interview the clients, find out why they bought, uh, find out you know what the, it was based on Adele Ravella's five buying rings uh, so find out what Instagram decision, find out what the buyer's journey was, find out what the decision criteria was, all of that sort of thing for real conversations. Then we'll break that down and categorize that and then go, okay, based on that, what sort of email should we be writing? And from there, we'll actually have a session where I'll interview the client. And ask some questions specifically about the conversation that's going on in the customer's mind. Now once we've done once we've done that interview, wow. we can take that and carve it up and feed it into the AI and get the AI to then take look at all that information and then spit out an email. It needs some spit and polish and that sort of thing, but the foundation of the email is done. So if you're doing a if you're doing a talk, for example, there's going to be specific topics. Like in what we've done done here, we've talked about, for example, that you know, that that three to five second rule. Now we're talking about email marketing. So I could take the transcript of what we're talking about here and do an email about yeah you know, those those three times in the morning which actually make the day by plugging it into the AI. So that's the power of it, because for me, i I've never had any issue writing emails. Like if I'm writing it for myself, it's different when I'm writing for writing them for a client, but it will take will take me fifteen minutes to write an email. But I talk to other people, they're like, I'm sitting there for two hours you know, to write this email. And I, that that's where AI is so great because if you plug it in based on the system, you'll have an email written literally within you know within seconds. Uh, you'll have the foundation of the email, which you can then go in and make your edits on it and and that sort of thing.
0: You know, I get it. And I did use it for a piece of my speech. I said, you know, I wrote a poem. It's sort of cat in a hat. Like, can you make it more cat in a hat? Like this little segment. And boom, it did. And it's awesome. But it was mostly my words first and it just shifted it. When you're sending an email... Don't you want it to sound like you? I mean, should you write it first, like you know, make it personal and just tweak it, or does it matter?
1: It's a good. It's a good point, but that that's where the power of the transcript comes in, right? So if you just say, "Hey, write me an email about email copywriting," for example, uh, it's going to come out with generic information which doesn't have much personality, doesn't have much of you in it. Yeah. However, if you write that email with based on a transcript, that's all your knowledge. That's all your voice. That's right, right. everything coming through from you. So it's more getting help because you're providing it. You're providing it with the raw data, right? So that's where the combining it, combining two AIs, right? So if you look at, let's say, otter.ai, which could be recording everything that we're saying right now in real time, and then ChatGPT, feeding it from Otter into ChatGPT, and then it's coming out as your, you know, your voice. You can even train the AI to then write in your voice by providing it with other emails, which you've handwritten. So it starts to Ooh, write in your, like you know, in your voice language. So, yeah. So there's ways of... I don't think people have grasped that aspect of it. There is ways to personalize it. And even when it's with AI, there's a big difference between writing something with AI without the knowledge and, and foundation of what you're doing. It's it's a skill, right, to be able to do it with AI. Uh, so, And even, even from a copywriting, it doesn't take the skill out of it because even from a copywriting perspective, Like I was doing some emails yesterday and I'm like, yeah, it's spatted out there. I go, but the most important part of that email is stuck three quarters into the copy. So I'm like, we need you to rewrite that email with leading with this as the hook. Uh, So, 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 and then it will rewrite it. The subject line will be different. The way it's written is different. The content's the same, but it's rewritten with that as the hook. So that's where the skill also and the nuance and the understanding of your industry comes into it. Because if you didn't have that expertise, you couldn't get it to do that. Uh, so that's really important because the AI, as smart as the AI is, it's also quite stupid because it, at least now it can't, it can't, it can't think. It can't look at that and go, you know what, that's wrong. It should be that or it should be, it should be this. Etc. So that's, that's something that the human mind can do, which the AI can't do. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's understanding, it's understanding the strength of it and the strength yeah. of, of, of you for, for where, where it's at now and being able to use it as a tool to get things done with, 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 you know, with speed as uh, so to speak. So, yeah.
0: So I have a bunch of questions. We're not going to get to all of them, people. You know, you have to reach out to Scott. But I always ask my peeps to send me in some questions for you. And one of the biggest questions, of course, was about AI because it's it's so new. And the thing that I got over and over again, which was crazy, is I'm just going to sum it up. We'll, we'll call Billy Bob. I make up a name. Billy Bob says he he's in his 60s and he just can't get over the fact that he feels like he's cheating with a, I, I don't, and I I get it. You know, he's like, listen, I'm in my 60s. Ask Scott, how can I get over the fact that I feel like I'm cheating? He's the CEO of a company and all his, let's quote unquote, youngins are like, come on. You know, this is ridiculous. It's not cheating. But I think if you listened to the first part of this interview, you kind of summed it up. You know, because it really is you put your stuff in and it's just enhancing it,
1: yeah. and 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 I think it's, I mean, put it this way, if you're in a horse and cart and you jump in a car, you feel like you're you're cheating. if you're if you're walking and you jump on a horse, you feel like you're cheating, right? So with each advancement in technology, it makes things cool. easier. Like those women want to, Had to like hand wash everything, not just women, men as well. But they had to hand wash everything, and then the hand then the washing machine came along. So it's 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 a really a similar concept to that.
0: Love that, Billy Bob. There's your answer.
1: That's so true.
0: You're right. They probably thought, oh my god, but what about all those people? (laughs) I have a washing machine. Wait a minute. You're listening to radio. I have a TV.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, and, and the thing I love about it is it allows me, and particularly as a CEO, it allows me to focus more on the the strategy because I'm very, very good at strategy, mm-hmm. and the copywriting, for example, is like is the grunt work. Yeah, of actually doing the yeah doing the work and it's it's time consuming and that sort of thing whereas now i can use my strategic brain to direct it and even when i write copy now i won't obsess over getting it perfect cuz i can write the copy and then i can feed it into the ai with in terms of the structure the way it should be written all of that sort of thing and i can feed it into the ai so i do everything i can now with AI because I know it's the way of the I know it's the way of the future, and why wouldn't you want to master that you know that skill? Because yeah. when you do, it gives you a it gives you an overwhelming advantage over your comp- over your competitors who are slow to yeah you know, slow to the uptake.
0: I know. Even I was putting together a TEDx talk, and all I did is plug in for a title that would be highly searched. And man, oh man, it was so helpful. And I changed my whole way of the presentation at the beginning so that it reflected that search engine of a TEDx talk that would be searched. And someone's like, I don't know if that's fair. I go, it didn't write my TEDx. All it did is give me a title that would be searched a lot, which is, don't you want that? If you know, it'd be searched a lot if you did a TEDx. So how do you feel about that? I mean,
1: yeah, I, I think I don't think it's cheating. I, I think it, I think it's fine. I mean, I mean, doing a Google search was cheating once. So it's and I think the more you feed, the more you play around with the AI, you discover that it's it is all about the prompts. So the better information that you feed into it, the better the data that's going to come out of it. So it is actually work when you do it, yeah, when you do it well. Uh, it is, it is, it is work to do it. It's a different type of work because you still need to massage that AI. It's not going to just come up with stuff out of the blue. So, for example, I will do, I do something with when I when I first take on a client, I'll often do something called a copy strategy guide, right, where we understand the customer's yeah you know, the emotional hot buttons the uh, the core story of the client the unique selling proposition of the client the yeah you know, the the whole customer journey once they come on the avatar and what i will do is i'll i'll do the the avatar and the core story and the yeah you know, the uniqueness of the client i'll do that one on one and then i'll feed that data into the ai to then come up with, you know, okay, what are the emotional hot buttons for this client as an example? And it'll take everything into account that it's already, you know, that it's already seen. Yeah. So the better the data you can feed in, the better the end, yeah, you know, the end result. So if you like being strategic and and thinking high end, because I think who wins the AI in the AI world is the strategic thinkers. Uh, Because it can make you very, you know, it can make you very lazy where you just go, oh, I just punch this out, punch that out. And or it can make you smart. Now, where it's where it's interesting, right, because everyone's got access to this technology. If you're it means there's going to be a whole heap more content out there than ever. Right. But if people are using most people, if we look at the 80-20 rule, are going to use it really badly. So it's a little bit like a chainsaw. You know, you can use a chainsaw to cut up, you know, cut up
0: yeah.
1: wood really fast or you can use it to chop your arm off, right? It has it can do two things. Now if you use AI badly and I've seen it I've seen it used badly, then it can do immense damage. Uh, you know, if you if it's not used well. So it's it's understanding how to use it well. Is really the key to you know, the key to success.
0: What do you mean by you've seen it badly? Like, give us an example.
1: I saw a I saw someone send an email out to their or a, an SMS out to their their clients, you know, and it was their change of rules. And I'm like, that had to be written by ChatGPT, and it was like, it was really long, and it was, yeah, it was, it wasn't exactly positive, and yeah, I'm like. They, you know, like because ChatGPT is not going to get all the nuances, right? So that's an example of it being used. And I'm like they don't they can't write like that the way that that's written. So I don't think they wrote it. Yeah, so that's that's an example of it. or just you know just you just having generics generic information, anything like generic in the, it can be a hundred percent AI, but hundred percent AI with quality AI. Is very different than 100 AI. Yeah, from the AI. Yeah, I get it.
0: <laughs> and I, 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 know what you're talking about because I saw somebody do a speech, and I'm thinking, mm, I don't know about this. I think I heard that somewhere else, and it's true. <laughs> you know, it's being... <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Uh, most businesses, I have to ask you about this. Emails suck. What sucks about them, Scott?
1: In terms of they're negative. I think, too long? I think the, the big thing is the big thing is entering the conversation in the customer's mind. So the number one thing, number one reason they suck is because they're irrelevant, or they go. Two ways. Most people go two ways. They either do the scorched earth approach where they sell, 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 and they might get a sale today, um, but it costs them the relationship because it's like every time, every time I call you, Sandy, and I want to sell you my network, every time I call you, I'm like trying to pitch you my network marketing business, as an example. Eventually, you stop answering those phone calls and it's the same with email if every time i'm emailing you it's to get something to extract something out of you then you stop opening my emails so the key with email true. is what i call it's true right you so know, yeah so yeah it's delete, like
0: delete. not use got i'm just
1: <laughs> it's human nature right if it's always a sales pitch yeah it gets it gets ignored so what I like, but at the same stage, then other people go through and they're like, I'm just going to write love letters to my list and I'm never going to ask them for anything. So the real key with this is, and if you don't ask for anything, you know, you generally don't get, um, get generate sales. You may, you know, you, you will over time because you build trust and get people over the line. But what I like to do is what something's called, something that's called the third way, which is if you can imagine a Venn diagram, it's in the middle of those two. So every email starts out with quality content. Uh, so, but then it segues into, I like to segue into an offer for more information. Okay. So, so once you download that information, then it can have. If you're selling consulting services, it can have. Uh, then a pitch to actually book an appointment with you, and that's how you can. That's how you can start to book your book your calendar solid using email without coming across as salesy. Yeah, in the in the process. So, for example, if I'm writing a, if I'm writing, if I want to sell a life coaching service, right? I might start off by saying, hey, one of that, you know, you win the morning similar to what we started off with today. So you win the morning in five second increments. For example, there's 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 three places when I win my morning. Number one, when I wake up, that takes five seconds. Number two, when I have a cold shower, that takes five seconds. Number three, when I go down and I do my first first squat. That takes five seconds to to actually do it. And everything else follows from there. Okay. So this is all my email, right? It's all, it's all adding, adding value, adding value, adding value. Yeah. Yeah, and and the whole, the whole key, and, and and if you look at what this is, it's moving from it's those five seconds when you move from comfort to discomfort, which is the hardest part of the day. So if you know that, you go. You know what? All there's only three things I need to do to win my morning, okay? And they involve doing comfort to discomfort, but the rewards, the pleasure, is so much greater than the pain. Yeah, because it's like 15 seconds of pain. That's it. Because it's not, It's not. Once you turn the cold water on, as an example, the next one to two minutes they're not painful. It's the thought before you turn it on, and the first five seconds, which is like, which is like painful, right? So. So so, but that this is all in the email. This is all in the email. But you know what? They're, they're, they're the three things, but there's one thing that you can do at lunchtime, which will boost your energy, you know, to extraordinary levels. And uh, you yeah, know, based on this Harvard scientist study, uh, it just gets incredible results and it does this and it does that. And you you can find out I've just created a special report about it uh, and you can download it here, okay? So to get that report, so I've I've given you value in the beginning, but -hmm. if you want to get your hands on that report, you need to take the next step, right? And I've teased you and I've created an open loop in your mind because the human mind responds to curiosity, right? That's why at the end of every morning show, there's a cliffhanger come back after the break and we will introduce you to Josh, the talking monkey who juggles bananas, you know, and you're like, Oh, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to come back after the break to meet, you know, to meet the talking monkey. You know, so, so, and, and every, to every TV show does that. There's always a cliffhanger at the end of the, at the end of the show to get you to go to the next one. Uh, and, and email should be exactly the same. In fact, you should have two cliffhangers in the email, One is the one I just showed you to get you to click. And the other one is a PS. This is if you're organized, right? So uh, PS, on my next email, I'm going to be showing you X strategy. Uh, So keep an eye out for it. And then, yeah, it's modeling what we know is best practice from, yeah, from television.
0: So Scott, how much do you use social media versus emails?
1: I, mean, I personally will tend to cut up my emails and put it put it on yeah put it on social media, uh, which I think makes it it has some nuances right. Like if you if you're going to be using Instagram, you need to uh, you know you need to like have a have a good image to go with it and that sort of thing. Which you might use Mid for something like Mid Journey, uh, which is another AI uh, image software. Which I am not. Uh, fully across that but I know people who are and it's just phenomenal uh so it has it has it has nuances to it and you can cut up emails to be much shorter in social media and and you may not do the sales pitch in social media as hard as you do an email but this is this is how they work together right so email is the fastest path to the sale okay so I've I've always found that if you want to monetize if you want to generate Revenue, the best way to do it is via email. According to litmus.com, it gets it gets a 36 to 1 ROI for every dollar you invest in email, uh, which is much higher than 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 social media. Uh, and so that's why I think when it, when someone neglects their email list, it's like it's it's a mortal sin. It's like going down to the you know, to the you know to the Grand Canyon. And just getting twenty thousand dollars and throwing it off a cliff in a suitcase, like it's so it's really bad to ignore your email list. Uh, so, so that's why I, I I just love love email. Probably more than twenty thousand, right? Like depending on the size, and the relationship, and that, it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're just tossing away for 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 no good reason. So, but it, it also it makes social media work better right? So one of the things I'm a big fan of is having lots of white papers that people can go and download. uh, So that, let's say there's 10 topics that you talk about in your social social media, as let's say a coach, for example, uh, let's say it's a life coach, you might have, yeah, the morning routine, uh, breaking bad habits. uh, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's like, Heaps of them, right? They're not coming to me uh, at the moment, yeah, how to sleep better, whatever, whatever they are, right? How to have more confidence. So you have you have white papers on all of these, on all of these topics. Okay, so you can use these white papers to get people to join your email list because at the end of it, you can talk about confidence and you can say, okay, that's great. But you know, in my if you'd like more on this topic or you can have an open loop, then go and download my confidence report. And then that gets them to join your email list. but then on your email list, you can give them access to all these other reports to then move them from your email list, then into an appointment. because if I download the confidence report, I get emails specifically about confidence. and then once I've once I which are all booking me into an appointment specifically about how to boost my confidence right? Because different people have within every industry, like if you're a digital marketer, your clients might be interested in Facebook ads, Google ads, TikTok ads, uh, you know, automation, like there's a whole heap of things that they might be interested in. So you want to bring them into the funnel specifically about that and then talk about that. And then because they've got a specific problem that they need solved right now. So what what you're talking about is very relevant.
0: You know, most of the questions I got, that was what they were asking is they were believing emails were secondary to making sure they posted every single day on social media. And some of them even said they tore their email list, like how much they sent out by 50% to be able to focus more on social media. Well, not according to you
1: no no, I think that's a mistake it's a whole rule right it's is if you look at I forget the it, he was a it was a famous guy in the personal development industry he said if you if you want to know what what to do look at what everyone else is doing and do the opposite oh, and yeah,
0: I uh that. I know that
1: I, I'm just trying to think of it was one of the I think he he did the the greatest secret was one of his books I'm just trying to think of the um
0: ask AI <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, the name off the top of my head. But no, so but it's but it's looking at that right. But the whole thing with social media is social media is much better for your ego, right? So what I mean by that is if I send a social media post out, you know, within half an hour I've got, you know, multiple likes, multiple comments. It's far more engaging, right? So I can get in the dopamine hits to my brain and I feel really good about yeah. myself. You know but generally there's no money coming in as a result of that I can't like you know I can't take the money from those likes and say you know what I want to go for a holiday to Hawaii uh, call, call the travel agent go I got 100 likes and 53 comments on my social post social media posts in the last in the last seven days can I book a holiday to Hawaii with that it just like life doesn't work that way so whereas email, You'll find that you will get less of that because there's nowhere to like to start with. I can't like an email. And I got to be pretty motivated to respond because it's just not that sort of platform. So often you'll send an email out and you'll hear crickets, you'll hear nothing. Uh, yeah, in terms of you can see it in the analytics, like people might click and download and all that sort of thing. But then you'll talk to people, and they're like, "Oh, I get your emails all the time, and I love them, and all of that sort of thing." So, the other benefit with email is you own the platform. So, yeah, like doesn't matter which social media platform it is, each of those social media platforms can, and we've seen that, like particularly over the last last few years, right? We've seen people get. Deplatform for no reason. We've seen them get shadow banned for no reason. We've seen all of this sort of thing happen. So if you say the you know the wrong thing on social media, they can get rid of you. What cannot because it's their platform, it's their property, you're on their property. So whereas in with email, that's your email list. You can take that email list and you can upload it to a new CRM. You can back it up. That is actually an that's actually an asset and if you sell your business okay that asset if you say if you if you're looking to sell your business and you you basically say that asset generates me you know 50 appointments a year that becomes a very valuable asset and far more the social media will still have will still have an asset value but a buyer is going to see that as a riskier asset than An email list. And an email list, if you're using it right, will get you a higher ROI. But it will leverage the job of social media, in my opinion, is to get people off social media into your email list so that you can monetize them. Because they're hard to monetize. they're, They're much harder to monetize. You can definitely monetize via social media, but it is harder to monetize via social media. And when you put when you put your posts out, what percentage of people see them on social media? it's a lot greater in when when they get an email from you and you, yeah and you you've you've got them in a controlled like when they're reading that email they're in a controlled setting you're the the only focus if they open that email you're the only focus there isn't like i oh, scroll for 1 second and i'm looking at another post
0: you know, I know that firsthand because I sold my health clubs in 2019, and I sold my email list separately. Yes. And my business partner at the time, he's like, mm, "This is worth a lot more. We got a massive email list because we had been i I had been in business since 1993, so that oh, was wow. lots of health clubs and lots. And I didn't even think of that. And so I know firsthand, I. I this makes so much sense, you know, and yet I was feeling guilty before this that I wasn't doing more of the social media, but now I feel better now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and form, can,
0: it does they, make they it handy t- when you like say, oh, but they like my bit. And I keep getting hit, like, you gotta take more pictures, you gotta post more. And I'm like, okay, I'll try, but now I feel better.
1: <laughs> and they tie in together, right? Like the social media, the email even even then having like blog posts and that sort of thing so you can get the long term you know, the long-term juice from the posts. So content is content and it can be cut up and carved up in lots of different in lots of different ways.
0: yeah, the same stuff repurpose it and you don't have yes. to I always try to recreate the wheel, but you don't have to you can use it over here and over here. oh my goodness Scott, this is awesome. Okay, so let's back up a second were you always strategic methodical and organized and a great writer i mean have you been this way for a long time
1: no so i i I wasn't i remember when i was into my early 20s i think i wrote something and i i actually presented it because i was presenting in the early days of internet marketing right it was quite funny because they'd be like there was me who didn't actually have much experience at the time. And you'd have like the CEOs of these big companies going to these internet marketing conferences. And uh, I remember writing something for that. And uh, I was working for a company that uh, wasn't my father-in-law, my sister's husband's father. I don't know what you call that. But anyway, he 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 looked at me and he goes, what's this crap you're writing, you know? So, so I obviously wasn't a great writer back then, but it all really came from, it came from practice uh, in terms of, in terms of doing it. So I think, and it came from the sales background. So I was involved in sales from about the age of 17 till the age of 24. And then I decided to, I went to a, a seminar by a, a marketer and he's like, start a business, you know, like, get a, just get a lease and start the business. So I started up a hairdressing salon and that's when I learned copywriting and marketing. Uh, so, and we we're very, very green at the time. And it was a, it was a tough experience. It was like a, you know, foot to, feet to the fire type of experience. And we didn't, we didn't win. But I did learn, you know, about hey, if you write stuff, you can bring in clients, and we hand out flyers on the street and all that sort of thing. So we actually did okay from a marketing perspective, uh, and not so good in staff management and money management and all that sort of thing. But then after that, I set up as a as a. I actually didn't have any money, like uh, like really no money. And but I I so I took a classified ad which was $18. And I think I got it on credit. And it said, you know, marketing genius, proven results. And I got a client from that. And then I would get another client. I get another client. These, these classified ads, right? And from there, I was still, I wouldn't say I was killing it. It was the early days, but I was making enough to survive. And then my now wife saw this ad for a quite a large publication for a for a copywriter. And long story short, I went for the job, but I I didn't get the job. But I got the confidence because the copywriting manager loved me, and the HR manager didn't uh, because my 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 CV wasn't you know that predictable. being here for that long, been there for that long, all of that sort of thing. So so I got the confidence, and then I I, I set myself up as a copywriter, and I I ten x my income literally overnight as soon as I repositioned myself as a copywriter now what that was was a real lesson to me in terms of by changing if you get your positioning right it can be massive now it's probably different today because back then when I was starting out when I started out there wasn't many copywriters right so I hit the market when there was a need and and it was like you're in demand and there wasn't many of you so so it all but there's industries like that Now, for example, AI, whereas if you position yourself as like this, let's say this AI person, you might kill it because you hit the market at the right time. It's a bit like riding a riding a wave. If you hit that wave at the right time, you ride it. If you're too if you're too early, you miss it. And if you're too late, you just get smashed. Right. Well, I I got it right at the right time by chance, not by any level of um of skill at the time. And it was like, Oh this is this is awesome. So that's that sort of and then it was just practice 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 because I'm because I started from that sales background I was quite naturally good at copy because copy is salesmanship in print but yep. it also allowed me to get lots of work to get good because I was good at sales so that allowed me to generate business <laughs> to to get better so so yeah
0: You know, it's a different industry, but it's a similar path. I got, I was in corporate sales forever, selling wellness products. And then somebody asked me to privately train them. There weren't many trainers at the time. Like now there's a million, right? And I just cornered the market for the who's who in the Philadelphia area here in Pennsylvania. And that led to opening the health clubs. But I rode the wave, you know what I mean? And I said, not that I wasn't good but there weren't other personal trainers and I got in right at the right time, but I also had that sales background. Yes. Yeah. And it really, really helped me. All right. So here we are in 2023, you know, I was thinking of this when you were saying, you know, you don't want to be too salesy and how do you sell in 2023? And this is just a quirk of mine and maybe it's just mine, but on LinkedIn, When I say happy birthday to somebody and then automatically sells me, I want to delete them. Now, is that just me? Like, I can't even say, hope you're having a nice day and thank you for reaching out. And then I get a sales pitch. I mean, maybe that does work and it's just me, but it seems so salesy to me.
1: You mean when, when you like someone asks you for something straight away after you connect with them?
0: Yes, straight away.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had that happen this morning. I connect with someone, and then they're like, "Can you please like and like and uh, comment on my post?" And it's like, I don't even know you, and you're you're asking for something, and and it's it's almost like this. Uh, I I don't like that approach. I'm a big fa- fan of Bob Berg's go giver approach. Where and I found that that works so much better because what everyone's what everyone's doing out and it's just a better way to live, right? So what everyone's doing out there is like this go getter. So it's like I meet you and then I'm like, oh, what can I get out of what can I get out of Sandy? How can I get some leads or how can I leverage this or how can I leverage that rather than asking how can I add value to Sandy? Because yeah. if I if I ask the question, how can I add value to Sandy? Then Sandy's going to want me to be part of her, part of her life. And then the law of reciprocation happens where, you know, where that naturally, yeah, that natural connection and those natural referrals will flow as a result of that. You know, not necessarily even from this relationship, but maybe from somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? So it's like that is that is the way I prefer to operate, and it requires playing a long a long game. And that there was a there was an aha moment. Like there's been a few like mic drop moments in my life, and I think we all we all have them, right? Where you just like I it's like this bigger bigger aha moments. And one of them, I was sitting in F- Fiji, I was reading the book The Eighty Twenty Manager. And one of the things he talks about, this is Richard Kosh. He's talking about like networks. And up until that time, I wasn't a real big, big believer in networking. I was like a direct response, hardcore, you know, write the sales copy, get the leads, get the appointments, send the emails, all that sort of thing. And then I said, one of the things I did, I started to look at where of my, as I'm going through it, he's talking about you got these two types of lottery tickets in life. And he says one is the red ticket. I forget what colors they were, but the red ticket is like you know you you spend ten years and you become an engineer or a copywriter or whatever. He says you can't have too many of those tickets because they're yeah you can't be a, you know, a doctor and an engineer and a copywriter and an accountant and generally you can't have you a know, hundred skills and put them together. He goes, but the other ticket is your loose connections. And he said, the more of those loose connections, you never know when those loose connections are going to come off. But having those loose connections, not, not even necessarily close friends, yeah, they're going to they're gonna cash in at different times and you never know. And then I started to write down all my best clients at the time. And one of the things that I noticed was that often those best clients came from like, they were... And, and I'd never joined the dots before. I couldn't believe I'd never joined the dots before. And I'm like, ah, oh, I met that person. They became a client because I met that person. And they. someone else introduced me to them and someone else introduced me to them and someone else introduced me to them and someone else introduced me to them. So it wasn't going to a networking event and handing out a business card and then following someone up the next day. It was like five, six, seven deep, the connections. Right, so then that was the aha moment that ah, oh, if you play the long game with relationships, you get like extraordinary rewards. Like I hadn't even been trying at the right at that at the time, and since then I've made a much more concerted effort to build relationships. I mean, years ago I worked out that I don't sell to people; I sell through people, and what I mean by that is often I love that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Often I'll be recommended by someone else to this person, so like there's this instant credibility, and that's when I I decided to I had another event booked for, and I didn't feel like I had the positioning right, and I decided to just get a few friends together, and that's how I actually ended up starting. Uh, a, a company called Elite Marketers, or it, it's a, a group—should I say a group called Elite Marketers—and which is which is you know, just some of the top marketers, particularly in Australia, getting together, networking, sharing, collaborating, uh, all of that sort of thing, and that's had immense rewards on so many levels, both both from an emotional perspective of just enjoying my work and my life more. Uh, a learning perspective in terms of just being introduced to so many amazing concepts. I mean, I probably wouldn't be here without, you know, without what I've learned from within that group, and also an, a referrals perspective of of generating referrals and that sort of thing through through connections. And it's all very organic. It's not like this. So it's not like this pushed way of of doing business.
0: Yeah, I love. <laughs> I could talk to you for hours and I'm sad that we have to wrap, wrap up. But I remember, I mean, I was in my twenties and I'm training people and they were the who's who, like, you know, and the who's who would refer me to that person and that person and that person. And they are all, and they were all CEOs of big companies and sports teams. And someone's like, how did you get that? And I'm not saying I wasn't a solid trainer. I was solid, but that wasn't the thing. They said to me, my secret was, and it wasn't a secret. I didn't want anything from them. I wasn't trying to manipulate my connection with them. When I went in to train them, I was just there to serve them. Now, Scott, I didn't think of it that way at the time. I really didn't want, like, I knew who these people were, but they were hiring me to get the most out of their body. So that's what I was going to do. And because of that, they just kept helping me. I mean, they were calling me Philadelphia's favorite daughter, and I was the luckiest person. And I say to people every time when I mentor young people, I'm always like, how can I be in service of you? How can I help you? And it always comes back tenfold. So I love that you're saying this in a totally different way than I didn't think of. And I think it really needs to be heard. But we gotta wrap yes. We gotta yeah. It's sad. It's sad, Scott. <laughs> I love you. You're awesome. <laughs> I love the way you think. It's totally different than me, but it's the same point of view. So what did what we're going to tell them how to reach it, but what did we get in that you want to say to people, you know, in the last I, few
1: minutes? I think, I mean, I think we've covered we've covered a lot of a lot of ground. Um so yeah, so far from the importance of those five seconds of being, yeah, and it's really, it's really those five seconds are going from comfort to discomfort, right? to master your discipline, master your your day. Then we talked about email marketing, which is the single fastest path to the sale. So if I was to summarize the takeaways, which is probably the best way to use these last five seconds, it's it's the five seconds, it's start using your email list and it's, Begin net, yeah, investing in your networks from a from a view of being a go giver rather than a you know, rather than a go getter. I think they're the three big takeaways from this discussion. Love that.
0: Okay, so how can they find you? Reach out to you? I mean, there's no way I could get to all the questions.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So. So there's a few ways, uh, if they want, probably the the best way, if you want to learn about like AI email copywriting, you can download my uh, cheat sheets at simpleemailroi.com forward slash AI. So it's simpleemailroi.com forward slash AI. And inside those cheat sheets, you'll get like prompts that you can use and and I do talk about Jasper in those, but you can apply exactly the same concepts uh, to ChatGPT. Uh, so that would be number number one. Okay. Or you can go to my uh, if you want to find about email marketing, go to simplyroi.com for roi.com, or copywritingthatsells.com.au to find out about um, what I do with on the copywriting side of things.
0: And what if, because they're going to want to work with you. Is that how they should reach out to you? They want to work yeah. with
1: you? Yeah, if you go to copywritingthatsells.com.au and fill in the contact us form there. If you want to just email me, you can as well, which is scott at copywritingthatsells.com.au. So either either one of those will, um, yeah, you'll you'll be able to find me.
0: And we'll make sure we list all that. All right, my let's keep it real, people. Come on. I know you waited 16 years for this, but it was worth it. And Scott and I will really appreciate you rating it and telling everybody about it. And don't worry, it's going to be on every single platform. So be sure to share it. And you know what I'm going to say, until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.